Hey everybody, it's Della from Discovering Your Inner Truth, the podcast that shows you how to find your truth without getting stuck in the pain. Have a question you'd like to ask me on a future episode? Click the link in the show notes to send me a message. Now, let's get on with today's episode. It's Della from Discovering Your Inner Truth, the podcast that shows you how to find your truth without getting stuck in the pain. Have a question you'd like to ask me on a future episode? Click the link in the show notes to send me a message. Now, let's get on with today's episode. Hey folks, it's Della. Welcome to the very first episode of Discover Your Inner Truth. Thank you so much for joining me today. We are going to talk about all things around controlling the mind. So let's get into it because for a lot of people, the mind is a giant runaway train. It just goes off on these little tangents. And you're so used to the mind doing that. You're so used to the mind going off on these tangents and making up these stories that you don't even think about it. You're so used to the noise in your head that you don't even think about it. And not only do you not think about it, not only do you not question it, but you allow the mind to actually treat you like crap. Because for a lot of you, the voice in your head that comes from the mind is mean. It's mean. And it tells you all kinds of awful things about yourself. And you believe them. So what we're going to do today is we're going to start to understand what the mind's job is. How to get control over it. And what the mind is actually trying to do and why it's doing it. Those are the things we're going to talk about today. So first and foremost, we need to start with the idea that you are not your mind. You are not the voice in your head. So the premise here is you are spirit first and human second, which means you have a higher self, a soul, a spirit. You have something that is not attached to your physical form that is actually in charge or is supposed to be in charge. Now, the problem is, is the higher self is pretty quiet little mouse back there and it doesn't It doesn't yell over the voice in our heads. It doesn't yell over the jibber jabber of, of, of thought that the mind is playing through. It waits until there's a quiet moment and sneaks in the back door. And so the only way to pay attention or to really fully hear the higher self or the soul or the spirit or whatever word you want to use is fine by me. The only way to pay attention to that, the only way to hear it is to actually at least turn the volume down on the voice in your head and turn the volume down on the thoughts. It doesn't mean we stop them completely. We just sort of turn the volume down and then we're able to hear, right? So some people just call it intuition and that's fine. It's this idea that there's something else beyond just your human physical form that's guiding the way, okay? The mind and the human body, when left to their own devices without the spirit, would be pretty, well, I don't know. It, it probably wouldn't be so good. And, and what you see is, is, is the people that are most disconnected are usually the ones that are in the most pain. Um, and you'll see that in the world because it shows up in their behavior. So what we want to do and what we want to start to do is pay attention to what the mind is telling us, right? One of the first things that you can start to shut down is the mean comments because they aren't true. The mean comments come from people in the past telling you that you weren't good enough. People in the past telling you things that weren't true right? It came from other people projecting their pain onto you. That's where the mean comments came from. 
And I want to make it abundantly clear here that it is okay to tell your mind to shut the F up. You can just tell your mind where to go and how to get there. You can give your mind a bus ticket. Okay, it is totally okay to do that. Give your mind a bus ticket. You would not tolerate that from anybody outside of you, but you tolerate it from your from your own mind. And you need to stop tolerating that kind of thing. Okay. So we start with all of this by paying attention to what you're thinking paying attention to what we're thinking. And most of us don't. We're on autopilot. We really don't pay a whole lot of attention. And there's this running stream of consciousness going through, right? And and it's not helpful, is it? (laughs) Okay. Paying attention to your thinking can be overwhelming at the beginning because there's so many thoughts going through your mind. So what I always suggest is start with the thing that screams the loudest. And maybe for you, that is the mean comments. Or maybe for you, there's a problem that's on replay in your mind right now. Whatever it is. But you pick the thing that's kind of screaming the loudest that's on replay or that's the most problematic for you. And you start there and you start paying attention to those thoughts. And what you realize quickly, if you kind of get outside of what your brain is doing is that usually those thoughts aren't helpful. And usually the things your mind is obsessing about are the things that you don't really have any control over anyway. So it's not like you can do anything about them, right? So that means that you get to tell the mind to go away. And you can redirect your brain, kind of like a toddler. It's kind of like redirecting a toddler that wants to go after something they shouldn't be going after. You redirect the mind away. At first, when you start doing this, when you, when, you, when you start this process, your mind is going to have a fit and it will fight for control. Okay, And it will try to come through the back door and the side door. It will come through the windows. It will do anything it can to get and maintain your attention because the mind needs and wants an audience. Ironically, weirdly enough, the mind doesn't want to talk to itself. It wants you as an audience. So when you take that, when you take yourself away from being an audience member, when you take yourself out of that position, the mind will stop. It's weird, but the mind does not want to talk to itself. It wants you to pay attention. And if you refuse to do that, then it's either going to change the topic or shut up. At the beginning, it's going to change the topic. It might get more mean. It might get more outlandish. It might get more ridiculous before it actually stops. And your job is to continually take away your attention from your mind. Continually redirect your mind back to what it is you're doing. Continually redirect your attention away from that and not let your mind go there. Yes, it's going to be a little bit of a knockdown, drag out fight at the beginning. As long as you can stay determined, you can win that battle. I won that battle, so I know you can win it too. You have to stay on it though. You just have to stay on it for a while and it will go away. So if there is a problem outside of you that's on replay in your head, one of the best things you can do for yourself is sort of wait for the problem to resolve and continually redirect your mind. When the problem resolves, then you have an opportunity to engage your mind in a constructive way by saying, was all of that stuff that my mind was trying to tell me that I kept redirecting and blocking, was any of that true? Did any of that actually happen? (laughs) Right? And when you realize that no, likely not, most of those things never do happen. Then you can be like, so why are you making up all of this crazy nonsense? Why, why, why are we doing this? This isn't helpful. You don't know what's going to happen in the future. Stop making up stories. You can kind of have this conversation with your mind going, what are you doing? There's no point to this. This isn't helpful or useful. And chances are, for the most part, 
this way of thinking, this this way of, of, of projecting fear into the future, creating worry and doubt and all that other jazz, the, 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 the constant replay of the problems in your head, is just a habit. There's, there's actually nothing there to heal. There's no work to do in terms of healing. Your job is to break the habit, just like you would stop biting your nails or quit smoking or anything else for that matter, any other habit that you have. You just simply break the habit and you replace it with something else. So you're redirecting the mind is the replacing the habit of making up crap and projecting it into the future. You're making a new habit for yourself by redirecting the mind in a more constructive way. Okay. What I don't want you to do is to start worrying about, oh my God, my brain's been going for 10 minutes and I haven't caught it yet. The minute you catch the mind in action, you stop. You stop it. And it doesn't matter whether you catch it right away or whether you catch it a half hour later. It really doesn't matter. At the beginning, it's not about catching it immediately. It's about catching it at all. <laughs> right? So we're going for getting more consistent with it. And that's a process. It takes a little bit. But what you're going for is this idea of consistency. Eventually, you will be able to catch it all the time. At the beginning, it'll be once every four hours. And that's fine. You're starting the process and you're establishing yourself. And it's okay to be a little herky-jerky at the beginning. It's, it's okay to, to struggle with it, right? The process is going to take a while. It doesn't happen overnight. Partially because the mind is going to fight you for it, okay? And partially just because you're forming a new habit. You're not used to actually paying attention to your thoughts. So you're, you're going to have to be willing to, A, not beat yourself up when you don't get it immediately, and B, stay very determined and stubborn about the idea that you are going to get control over your mind, right? As you go along, you will be able to eventually pay attention to more and more different types of thoughts. Eventually, you will have 24-7 control. We don't get there right away. That doesn't happen immediately. You start with one thing and then you move to the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. And slowly over time, you begin to get control over it in more and more ways. You can shut the mind down. It's a slow process. It takes a while, right? It took me a good couple of years, I would say, to finally get the mind to like knock it off completely. I just kept pulling my attention away from what the mind was telling me because none of it was helpful. And so that's the idea. What you're going to start to do over time is the mind's going to share that story with you. You're going to wait for the outcome to happen. And then you're going to look around and go, no, you lied to me. That didn't happen. Stop making stuff up. And eventually, because the mind knows you're no longer playing, it will stop making stuff up. It's weird to think that the mind won't talk to itself. It wants an audience, but that's exactly what it does. So if you take away that audience, because you are the audience, so if you take that away, well, the mind will stop talking. So the job is to get control enough that you can decide when to engage the mind and not the other way around. You get to decide what the mind's job is and when to engage it. So really, here's the deal. The higher self, the spirit, the soul, the intuition is in control. The intuition says do this or do that. The intuition will not give you a reason why, it won't explain anything, it won't, it's just going to say, go here, do that, right? It's going to be very, it's going to be fairly direct, it's going to be pretty non-emotional, it's not going to have any judgment attached to it, it's just going to be, go do the thing, right? The brain's job is only 
to make the thing happen. The brain's job is just to navigate the 3D world. The brain's job is not to judge what the intuition wants at all. The brain's job is not to judge what the intuition wants ever. The brain's job is simply to follow the intuition along. This is what we call living intuitively and this is how we do it. You live intuitively by getting control over the mind so that the mind stops judging the intuition and just plays along. That seems like you're giving up some sense of control. But here's the thing. When you live intuitively, you're doing exactly what you want. You're not arguing with it anymore, right? The argument happens because your intuition says, I want to paint all day. And the brain goes, well, that's not practical and makes a thousand reasons up why you can't, right? <clears throat> and, and so now you have this tug of war going on. And that tug of war doesn't make you feel good. Whereas if you had control over the mind and the mind didn't question the intuition, when the intuition said, I wanted to paint all day, the mind would simply figure out how to quit the job and then you'd start painting all day. And you wouldn't ever think about it. You, you would just trust and you would just go with it. And, and it wouldn't be, it, there wouldn't be a tug of war. There wouldn't be a tug of war. Because what you recognize is, <clears throat> that when the mind, when the intuition says to do a thing, that you have to do it before the next step shows up. So you only ever get the next step. You don't get five steps ahead, you get the next one. And then when you do that successfully, then you get the next thing. So the next thing is probably how to make the money so that you can stay home and paint all day. But you won't get that till you quit your job and decide to stay home and paint all day. That's how it works. You don't get a whole plan. You get one step and you got to be willing to follow that. But when your mind's going a million miles an hour and when your mind is making up all kinds of stories and when your mind is, is, is focused on the quote unquote practical reality, when your mind is focused on these things, you can't get there from there. So now you're arguing with your intuition. The practical reality says I'm supposed to do all of this first and the intuition just says jump. And trust me, trust me to guide you and get you to where you need to go. Trust it. So getting control over your mind allows you to simply trust your intuition. So as your intuition says, jump, you just do it and you don't think about it. I had to do that. And I had to get over a heck of a lot of fear and anxiety and doubt. And I had to shut the brain up. And I had to do all the things to get to a place where I simply live intuitively now. The intuition tells me what I need to do. And I do the next thing. And I don't necessarily need to rationalize it or make it make sense. I just go with it. And that's the trick. Can you just go with it? Right? One of the best examples I have of this is the decision to be okay writing. It was it was the choice to be okay writing because one of the first one of the first things that I, that I got guided to do was to drop all the extra stuff and just write. And I remember doing this like two years ago. Drop all this extra stuff and just write. And you'll figure it out. And because the mind was still kind of going and I was still in, in some sense of fear, I couldn't just write. I couldn't write without having other things, without offering other stuff. I couldn't just sit and write. One of the lessons was to be okay following the intuition, right? So when the intuition said, well, just don't offer anything, take it all down and just write for, for, for a little while. I was so pressured by how to, how to make money and, and all of this other stuff that I couldn't do it. I wouldn't allow myself to just sit and write. 
when I finally got over all the fear, when I finally got the brain under control, when I finally stopped all of that and I allowed myself to just sit and write, all the answers flooded in. Everything came. But it wasn't until I was completely okay sitting there writing that that happened. And the same will be true for you. It may not be writing for you. It might be something else. It could be painting. It could be drawing. It could be, I don't know, doing cartwheels in the street. It could be anything. (laughs) You got to get completely okay with that thing before you're able to do the next thing, before you get the next step. So for me, I had to be super, super comfortable just sitting there writing with no other way to make an income at all and just hang out. And that was what I did. And it worked. Took me a long time to get to there, a heck of a long time to get to there. But that was what I had to do. And it worked when I did it. So that's the trick. Can you get control of your mind? which ultimately will help you control the emotion because if the mind isn't generating a bunch of thoughts, then the fear and anxiety tend to go away too. You might have to sit in the fear a little bit, but you can figure that out. Basically, you're going to, if you have control of the mind, a lot of the emotion doesn't end up being generated because emotion comes from thought. Conscious thought or unconscious thought, but emotion comes from thought. So you get control over the mind You release all the fear and doubt and worry. You take the step, you do the thing. But you have to get control over the mind to do it, right? The reason why you have a mind that's on a runaway train is because nobody taught you that you could control the mind. Nobody around us, me included, ever had anybody that had control over the mind that could control their thinking that didn't have the runaway train in their head that didn't have the constant hamster wheel we never got taught that that was a thing and usually we were taught to identify with the voice in our heads and our minds and our thoughts we were taught to identify with those things and that is what actually keeps us stuck that is what prevents us from being able to move forward the mind wants to keep you safe in the way because that's the mind's job the mind's job is to protect the physical human form that is that is the mind's goal and the mind's job and the way it does that now because there's no lions and tigers and bears the way that does that is it protects you from every tiny little change that you want to make in your life it protects you from the things that you don't actually need protecting from. The mind tries to keep you safe by keeping you stuck in a bubble because it has decided that change is bad. Where did we learn that change was bad? Hmm, I don't know. That's everywhere, isn't it? (laughs) Change is bad. Change is scary change is unknown, right? And the unknown is the scary part of change. I don't know what's on the other side of this. That's the scary part of the change. But does it have to be that way? Does the unknown have to be scary? No. Why does the mind make it scary? Because the mind only knows what has already happened. The only awareness the mind has is of the past. The mind doesn't have future. So because the mind only has awareness of the past and it only wants to have experiences that it's familiar with, it won't let you move into an unknown future until you get control over it. It stops you because it can by talking incessantly about who knows what and telling you how awful you are and doing all the things that it does. Those are all strategies that the mind has made up to stop you. The mind isn't really trying to be a villain. The mind is not the bad guy. 
the mind is actually doing its job. The problem is, is that's not the job that it needs to be doing. It's doing what it perceives to be its job. But that doesn't mean it's a good idea. And that doesn't mean that we can't give it a new job. So what we want to do is give it a new job. Instead of trying to keep us safe in a bubble, the mind's job is simply to follow the intuition and make what the intuition wants happen. That's it. That's the mind's job. You're giving the brain a new job description. And you're allowed to do that. So when the mind is going backwards into the past and it's making up those stories, usually it's pulling up pain. Usually it's pulling up the negative experiences because it uses those as a way to say, don't do that, right? It's not pulling up the happy, positive memories. No, that would be too easy. It's pulling up all the bad crap because that's how it keeps you stuck, right? When the mind is in the future, because the future is unknown, it causes anxiety, stress, fear, worry, doubt. It causes all the things, right? So, and it creates, it makes up stories about what's going to happen in the future to help keep you stuck. It makes you think that the unknown is scary and bad. And the truth is the unknown is just different. It's not scary or bad. It's just different. There's nothing wrong with different. We have gotten to a place in this world where different is suddenly bad. In lots of different ways, we have created this scenario now where different is bad. But different is not bad, it's just different. When we make different bad, we keep ourselves stuck because we can't ever change now. We can't ever change. When anything different is bad, we can't change. If the walls are painted blue and, and you decide you want to turn them white, but different is bad, now you're stuck with blue walls. Because white walls are different and different is bad. You've decided that. You've created that for yourself. So now you're stuck with the blue walls. Until you get out of thinking that changing the wall color is a bad idea. I don't know how long that's going to take, but you got to get out of thinking that changing the wall color is a bad idea. The mind are, is going to make up the stories. Right? If you try to ask your mind to prove the future, it can't without going backwards. It'll go into the past to pr prove the future. But if you ask your mind to look around you right right here right now and say prove what you said what you just told me is going to happen, it can't do it. It has absolutely no proof of anything. It just doesn't. And that's how you know it's fiction. It's not true. What the mind is telling you is not true. And your job is to recognize that and to start to question those stories. And what you'll find as you question the stories is that they're attached to pain in your previous experience. There's somewhere in your life where that story was told in a different way. It's attached to some pain. It's attached to some wound that you're carrying or that you're holding on to. And all of it sort of leads back to probably what is the same, and certainly what, this was true for me, the same sort of core wound, which for me was powerlessness. It always went back to the same core wound of powerlessness that I had to be able to break, right? So every time I detach my current experience from my sense, my core wound, my sense of powerlessness, it was like cutting another string. And I kept cutting another string and cutting another string and cutting another string until eventually I had more or less detached from the powerlessness. You will do the same thing for yourself. You will have to continually cut the strings and detach 
from those old wounds or wound in order to heal it. So the goal is not actually to attack the core, to attack the root of the problem. Because you can't. There's too much there's too much attached to it, right? There's too much going on. So the goal is to untie yourself from it by cutting all of these strings, right? If you imagine a big ball of goo, right, with a whole bunch of strings attached to it, that ball isn't going anywhere until you cut all the strings. The same is true with a core wound. The same is true with with your own pain. Whatever the, the root problem is, you're all attached to it. You're wound up in it. There's a million strings there. And one by one, you have to cut them. But the way we start that process is by controlling the mind. The mind will keep you tied up to that. The mind is going to keep you attached to that. Every every string you cut, the mind's going to create a new one for you. Right? That's what the mind does. It's not a bad guy. It's doing what it thinks is its job. Right? It's going to try to keep you attached to that core wound. Why? Because that's what keeps you stuck. That's what keeps you from creating that change that you want to create. It's what keeps you from moving forward. Right? Right? So think about it. When you go to make plans, let's say you want to make dinner reservations for the weekend. When you call and make those dinner reservations into the future, do you stress about it for three days? Do you obsess over it for the rest of the week? Or do you make dinner plans and go on with your life? Do you project yourself into that dinner? Do you do you do you do all of those things with that? No, of course not. You you make the plan. Maybe you're excited about it, but otherwise you pretty much forget about it and you go on with your life. You live your life and the weekend comes and you go out for dinner. And you don't really think about it a whole lot. What if you did that with everything in your life? What if you treated everything like a dinner reservation? We don't do that. We don't treat everything like a dinner reservation. We make everything a big hairy deal because the mind likes to do that. The mind doesn't make a big deal out of dinner reservations because it hasn't been taught to make a big deal out of dinner reservations. But there are lots of other things the mind does make a big hairy deal out of, and we have to teach the mind to stop doing that. The way you teach the mind to stop doing that is by taking the audience away. You have to remove the audience and find a way to not let the mind project into an unknown. When you accept that the mind projects into the unknown and it projects pain into the unknown, and that that isn't true, then you can stop doing that. Then you can get control over it. When you understand logically that strategy, you're able to get control over it much easier. When you understand what the mind does and how it plays the game, you can get control over it much easier. It starts one thought at a time. You're not going to get control over everything all at once. You start with one thing at a time. For everything you get control over, there will be something else. Until eventually, your mind is going to be, thankfully, mostly quiet. And now what I find happens is a lot of it is unconscious. My mind doesn't actually announce what it's doing anymore. <laughs> which, which is a real treat. So the mind doesn't announce what it's doing anymore. So now there's a lot of unconscious kind of stuff going on in the background. The mind, the mind went underground. It went covert on me. Okay. Which is totally fine. Because now to me, it's just a game. I'm so unwilling to play that, that now it's just a game. I'm just like, cool. 
the mine is going to go underground. Awesome, right? And But I pay attention, right? And I've trained myself to pay attention. So I pick up every thought. And I, I, pick, out, I pick up everything all the time. I pick up the little bits of fear that try to show up. I pick up the little bits of things that try to come up every single time. And so if the mind tries to tries to sneak through the sneak in through a window, I'm going to notice, right? So even the unconscious stuff, I won't play. Right? And I'll be like, where'd that come from? Why are we doing this? Who, who said we were going here? I don't remember asking for that. What the heck? Right? So even that, even as the mind tried to go covert, I wasn't going to play in that space. It didn't matter how it came in. I'm not playing. So you get control over the conscious thinking and then you have to work on the unconscious thinking. And the unconscious thinking is like the underground operation. <laughs> and, and you can tell to me, it's just, it's hilarious, right? Because it's the mind's attempt to keep us trapped. And the deal is, is just jump, just do it. And, and what you find and you learn after you've jumped a few thousand times is it's no big deal. It, it's not a big deal. It doesn't matter. There, there's a reason for it and you just sort of take it on and you do it and 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 you know jump first ask questions later it, it really is that and and when you do that and when you're good at doing that it life is actually a lot smoother weirdly <laughs> that sounds counterintuitive doesn't it but life is actually smoother when you jump first and ask questions later because the intuition will give you the answers after you jump successfully. But it won't until after you do the thing. So you can't ask questions first and jump later. You have to jump first and ask questions later. So you do the thing. You look around, you realize all your limbs are still intact. You're not dead. Everything's fine. And then, and then you go, okay, what was that all about? And then the intuition will tell you. As long as you're not in worry and fear, as long as you're not in panic mode, as long as you're okay, as long as you're stable and calm within yourself, the outside world can be rocking and rolling, but you're okay within yourself. And as long as you know that, then once you make the jump, you can ask your intuition what the what, and it will tell you, but not before. Living that way requires control over the mind. It just does. I learned to live that way. It took a lot, but I learned to live that way. And you can too. And I promise you when I tell you it is fun to live like that. It is an absolute blast to live like that because you never know what's going to happen day to day. Every day is an adventure. It reminds me of Forrest Gump, right? It's a box of chocolates and you never know what's inside. You never know what's inside. Life is like a box of chocolates. When you live intuitively, when you don't read the menu, when you don't read it and you don't know what's there and you just pick one up and put it in your mouth and you have no idea what you're getting. That is life. But the problem is, is we spend too much time reading the dang list of chocolates that comes in the box. And then we pick the one we want. It's a beautiful, beautiful metaphor for how we live and how we've been taught to live. And the problem with doing that, the problem in doing that is that you try to avoid the things you don't like. I don't want that experience. I don't want that experience. I don't want that experience. But here's the thing. Sometimes you need the experiences you don't want. It's okay to try new things. It's okay if you get one you don't like. Living intuitively and jumping doesn't always mean it works out the way you think it should or the way you want it to. Living intuitively just means you're going to survive and land on your feet and you'll be fine and the world won't end. 
So you pick up a chocolate and you eat it and you don't like it. You spit it out. The world doesn't end. Life isn't over. You're fine. It's that. There's your box of chocolates. Just try it and see what happens. You're not going to get into trouble by living that way. Unlike the real world where you're like, I'm allergic to nuts, right? I can't have those. Right? Intuitive living doesn't have that. Intuitive living doesn't have that risk associated with it. There's a perceived sense of risk more than anything. And generally, when things don't work out, it's because the energy was all janky behind you. All, it was all the thinking and all the stuff and whatever was going on, right? So, like, when I first took the leap and decided to try to just write for a little while, I couldn't do it. And I ended up repeating the cycle again. Janky energy <laughs> had to fix the thinking, had to get control of the mind. So it didn't work because I didn't have control over the mind yet. I couldn't do it yet. I wasn't ready. So if you take the leap and you hit the rocks, it's because of the weird thinking. You got to get control over all that. You got to get control over all the worry, doubt, and fear. You got to get control over the janky thinking. You got to get control over all of that. You got to be able to do it smoothly. You got to be able to stick the landing. And then when you can stick the landing, it's not a problem anymore, right? So eventually, and this was just recently, I was finally able to stick the landing in the last like three months. I was finally able to stick the landing. And then when I did that, now all the answers came. And then I got to a place where I got grumpy and I wasn't happy anymore, right? I wasn't happy with what was going on and I needed a change and I just happened to ask the right question. And I got an answer I wasn't expecting and then I made a leap again. And here we are, right? That's what precipitated the end of the last podcast that I had created. That's what brought this on, right? All of that happened at the same time. It was all part of the same ball of yarn. But it was me working through a process. I had to be able to stick the landing. And you do too. You have to be able to stick the landing. So if you're going to follow your intuition, you have to be able to know that you're going to be fine. You have to trust it. You can't get into worry and fear. You can't have all the crazy thinking. You have to have control over the mind and you have to know for sure you're going to be fine. And then when you do that and you stay in it for a little while, what you find is all the answers will come. It's magic. So if it doesn't work, then that means you get to reset and try again. You get the mulligan every single time you're going to get the do-over because that's how the universe works. There's always a do-over. Why do you think cycles repeat? Cycles repeat to get a do-over so that you can see the lesson and pick it up. Cycles repeat so that you can move on to the next thing. You got to get the lesson, <clears throat> whatever that lesson was, you got to get the lesson. And then when you get the lesson, then the cycle stops repeating. You don't have to do it anymore. That's how it works. The mulligan is intentional. You get the do over on purpose. <clears throat> and for me at points, it was within the same 24 hour span. I would get the do over almost instantly. You can have the do-over to pick up the lesson. The thing my intuition allowed was that I, I knew what I needed to do. The intuition told me I had the rubric. The intuition told me what the expectation was. So I knew what I needed to do. So when you know what you need to do, then you know how to stick the landing. So for me, the challenge was only to stick the landing. That was all I had to be able to do. And when I did, did it smoothly, it stopped happening. 
that was it. Intuition told me what I needed to do, told me what the what the expectation was. Didn't always have the outcome, certainly didn't get the outcome I wanted the majority of the time. But I did figure out what the lesson was and how to stick the landing. And that was the key. That was the goal. That was all it was. And you can do the same thing. And the way that all starts is by getting control over the thinking so that you can actually trust your intuition and follow it. Right? Getting control over the thinking automatically gives you a calmer life. You will automatically feel better when you don't have craziness running through your head all day, every day. You will automatically feel better. A lot of the emotion that you feel all day, every day, a lot of the anxiety and the stress and the worry comes from the thoughts that are running through your head. The emotion is coming in on the back of those thoughts. So when the thoughts aren't coming in, guess what? Neither is the emotion. It's magic. If all you did was get control over your brain and you ignored everything I said about intuition and you ignored all the other stuff, if all you did was get control over the mind, you would feel better without doing anything else. The mind is wreaking more havoc for you and creating more internal um, chaos for you than you think. And it's only when you no longer have that going on that you realize how true that is. The mind is creating more internal chaos for you than the external world ever could. But you don't realize that because you are so used to the internal, the mind and the internal chaos that you think it's all outside of you and it's not. So then you go try to get control of the outside world and what happens? The outside world maybe shifts, maybe doesn't because you may not even have control over it. You probably don't. And that makes it worse. Before I started healing, I used to try to control the outside world all the time. And I couldn't control the outside world and I couldn't control other people. And guess what? I made myself miserable. And you will do the same thing. You have to decide to get control over the internal world without changing the external at all. You look around you, you watch what happens, and then you decide what to think about what happens. You decide how to feel about what happens. You make conscious choices about every response you have to everything that you focus on in a given day. That's hard. It takes work. But that's what you do. You learn how to do that by slowly getting control over the things that are on replay in your mind. One by one by one by one. Eventually, you have control. And then, gaining control gives you the ability to decide how to respond to everything you see in a day. And 100% of the things that happen in my life big conversation, little conversations, big things, little things, all the things. I question every single one of them. I look for the opportunity to learn from my experience with everything that happens in a day. Everything. That is the commitment level that I have to finding the truth in my experience and understanding how my thoughts and behaviors and feelings and all the jazz affect what goes on around me. And that is the level of commitment that I encourage you to have as well, so that you too can see the truth in your experience. And I promise you, it's far less painful than you think it should be. Far less painful. Life does not have to hurt. It does not have to be painful. When you learn to get control, when you start questioning everything that happens, when you are committed to understanding what's going on and why, and what your role in it is, without blame, shame, guilt, and victimization, 
when you understand all of those things and you are able to do them, that is when life stops being painful. It doesn't mean nothing bad ever happens. It means you learn how to manage that in such a way that you don't take it on, it doesn't cause you pain, and you're able to be okay. The world is rocking and rolling, and you're stable, completely and totally stable within yourself because you've figured out how to manage your experience in such a way that it doesn't have to hurt. It doesn't mean we don't care. It means we understand that care doesn't mean jumping in the mud. Caring doesn't mean worry, fear, stress, anxiety, all the things. Caring just means acknowledging what's there, acknowledging your control over it, and either doing a thing because you have control or just allowing it to be there because you don't have control and recognizing which is which and when to do what. That's it. That's the whole story right there. That's all. That is control over the mind. That is what it means to do. The more committed you are to that process, the better you will feel. It is worth it to do it if you can have the determination and the courage to start. Start from where you are. Start from the things on replay. And I promise you, it will get easier. All right, folks, that's the first episode in the can. I hope you enjoyed it. Thank you so much for listening. This has been Della Wren with Discovering Your Inner Truth. Thank you so much for listening this week. I will be back every Monday. So watch for another episode on next Monday and I will talk to you then. Have a good one, everybody. Bye for now. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast and you'd like to help support it, please share it with others, post it on social media, or leave a rating and review. To catch all the latest from me, you can find me on Facebook or follow me on Instagram or Twitter at the TheDellaRen. Thanks again, and I'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast and you'd like to help support it, please share it with others, post it on social media, or leave a rating and review. To catch all the latest from me, you can find me on Facebook or follow me on Instagram or Twitter at the Della Ren. Thanks again, and I'll see you next time.